0: our partners. Check out the Memorial Healthcare's
1: Wellness Center in the now building on the campus of Memorial Healthcare. Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center includes locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, a sauna, a lap pool, and more, including a raised track for walking and running with views of the entire Memorial Campus and surrounding area. Personally, I love it, man. Sunday, Saturday morning, get in there, get a good workout in, hit the sauna up, and I also do the steam room, so it's a perfect spot. I mean, I think it's only twelve dollars for a day pass, but it For those of you who are looking to join for a winter membership, it's up to 15% off for your membership when it's paid in full. Memorial Healthcare strives to bring healthcare and wellness together, servicing patients' needs from diagnosis to treatment to rehab and beyond. For more details, go online at www.memorialhealthcare.org or call 989 720 CARE. That's 989 720 2273.
0: three-point podcast located on the corner of Siawassee and M 21 in Corona
2: it's time for episode 286 of the three-point podcast presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center check out memorial for everything they offer we also want to thank our local friends AZ branding solutions Jacobs insurance agency Corey Shook and Associates real estate services Nelson house funeral homes Rivals Taphouse and Grill and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. We're going to have a fun prep spotlight again tonight as we're going to catch up with special guest Harry Rambler, head coach Jeff Bott. He has his Ramblers in the playoffs for the first time in school history other than the COVID year, which everybody made it. So congratulations to Jeff and we'll be talking in depth with him. But as we always like to do, we like to play a little catch up. And guys, I just got to tell you, uh, I was I was just hyped the negative that I had to go to a wedding on October 21st, the night of the Michigan-Michigan State game, a wedding in uh, Traverse City. I will say this before I get into, uh, you know, the Michigan State-Michigan game and my viewpoint on that from being up north. We've talked about it before, but this state of Michigan, I mean, it is so beautiful. When you go up north at this time of year, it was perfect. It was a sunny day, Saturday, driving up there, and the colors were in full force. And it was just magical, as you like to say, Jared. (laughs) Yeah, it's
3: definitely one of those things like, you know, you talked about who's going to schedule or plan a wedding on a Saturday (laughs) or a Sunday, maybe during football season. But at the same time, when you talk about how it looks in northern Michigan and really all over Michigan during the fall. I mean, it it is a nice time of year for a wedding, sometimes better than the summer because sometimes in the summer, you know, it's just hot and humid and everyone's sweating. So yeah, it's kind of tough to, especially that it fell on Michigan, Michigan state weekend, but nothing better than being up in Traverse city in the fall.
2: Yeah. It was all, it all turned out absolutely perfect because I didn't miss a close nail biter game. We'll get into that a little later, but, uh, by the time I was getting the halftime scores from you guys, I thought, well, I'm going to just enjoy the rest of the wedding. You know, I don't have to worry about the, about the game. So, so that was, that was what I was up to this last week. Had a good time and congratulations uh, to the couple. For sure.
1: I'm surprised you weren't a little bit more kind of crazy about the fact you're (laughs) missing Michigan, Michigan state, to be honest, like I, I, everybody, that's like the number one complaint. Oh, I hate fall weddings. I hate fall weddings. Dude. I mean, who gives a crap that you missed this Michigan-Michigan State game? Listen, I loved every second of it. I soaked it up. I mean, that, that sweet feeling I had watching that game, it wouldn't be any different watching it on replay. So yeah. so I don't know. That's I'm man. I think you were maybe being a little bit of a baby with the complaints about the, the, the fall-time <laughs> wedding. I mean, it is what it is. Unless it's like Michigan-Ohio State or a Michigan-Michigan State game from, you know, 2021 where it's like a matchup of two, match two top-ten teams. You're fine. Just schedule the wedding, and people like Ted will have to deal with the consequences.
3: Which aren't we do. you? Aren't you like Mr. Anti-Wedding though? You you like hate? Oh, weddings? I hate weddings. But <laughs> whether it's summer, whether it's spring, whether
1: it's fall, don't so really I'm matter to me, man. <laughs> right. It is what it is. I hate it all the same.
3: I I know. I get what you're saying. I mean, and it could be kind of cool too. Like if depending on the venue, if there was a TV on at the bar at the reception, and you know, there's a there group wasn't. of. Uh, yeah. Well, if there's not, then that's different. But I was going to say, like, if there's a group of friends watching the game at the reception. Right. You know, that, that can be kind of fun, too. But. Uh, and,
1: uh, and, and Ted, you're kind of calling the kettle the, the it's the what is it? The pot calling the kettle black. Is that OK, the term? Yeah. go ahead. I mean, your 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 daughter's wedding was week one of college football. I literally remember it. It was an adult only wedding. I was the youngest person to make the cut at about 17 years old. <laughs> everybody else is drunk i was in a room next door watching uh like auburn versus somebody else on some <laughs> little bar tv so so just be careful with these aspersions you're throwing around because i know you had a lot of planning to do with
2: that wedding so uh, like like absolutely zero <laughs> so <laughs> i'm glad you got your chance to say what you said but right. you
1: he's
2: been hold, he's been holding on to this for eight years <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i mean it was a great wedding but my, i mean i'll be honest i was in hell man yeah. just because I, I just I just I mean I'm a college football fanatic I, yeah. I was missing it so. and you were
2: the young kid there you were the youngest right. that made the cut
1: yeah <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah a, only... it was a great time but that was just as the one person who was I think was sober in the entire place it was a weird <laughs> spot to be in there's only
3: so much hokey pokey you can do when when you're underage and you know no one's slipping you any drinks but right
2: I so went terrible. over to I was gonna say, Jared, you don't have a story this week. You seem to. Oh have no, I mean, I've been
1: outside. Like I said, I normally have something, um, <laughs> but nothing really. This week just been kind of working. I mean, it's been kind of a crazy, hectic little time. We actually went up to Bear Lake for a story uh, that'll be airing during our state finals. So I just was up in the Traverse City area, just like you said. And then I'll second what you said. I mean, yeah, it's God's country up there. It's Freaking beautiful. It's probably my first time I've ever really been up there in the fall time, and the colors can't be overstated. It's it's gorgeous.
2: Yeah, yeah. Spectacular.
3: Yeah. The weather, I mean, unless you're getting one of those rainy stretches where it's cold and rainy, if you're getting a good stretch of Michigan fall weather, right. you, you really can't beat it.
2: Do you get that down there in North Carolina, maybe another three weeks down the road? Do you get colors? Cause it's kind of mountainy down there, isn't it?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely later. So, yeah. I mean, you know, my, my parents usually come down around this time or because my daughter's birthday's at the beginning of no, November. So they come down around then usually. Mm-hmm. And they always say it's funny because when they're leaving Michigan, you know, it's like, like you said, like peak colors. And it's just starting to turn down here. So it, it's just Matt, funny how we're always a little behind with that.
1: Matt, weren't you at uh, Jaden Daniels game on Friday? What was that Friday? So for Jaden Daniels, oh. for those who don't know Michigan, that's his name, right?
3: Jaden Davis,
1: but Jaden Davis. Gotcha. I knew I screwed up something on
3: Daniels. He's the quarterback at LSU. LSU, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Jaden Davis, who is one of the top recruits coming into Michigan next year, quarterback uh, out of Charlotte. I mean, what was that atmosphere like and what was your scouting report of him?
3: It was pretty cool. Yeah. So he goes to one of the private schools here in Charlotte, one of the biggest private schools here. And so I've been saying all along since he committed, I'm like, I got to make it to one of these games, but usually Friday nights, I'm either working or, you know, I got to be home with the kids or, you know, whatever. So I finally had a chance to make this game. And and part of the reason why I made it out this week is so his school, Providence day is number one in the state of North Carolina. And they were playing the number one team out of Georgia, Ooh. who is also um, a private school. So they play in the same league. So it was a league game, number one team in North Carolina, number one team in Georgia, like you said, Jaden Davis, um, you know, he's depending on what recruiting service you look at. He's, He's basically like a top five quarterback in next year's class going to Michigan. So I was like, I gotta go watch this guy. I was able to get a media credential. And so I could be like right down on the field and um, and he's a stud. I mean, these, (laughs) these two teams were uh, he, he has an offensive lineman that's the number one kid overall in next year's class. He has, he has one of his receivers is going to Michigan with him. Um, He has another receiver going somewhere else. The other team has like, 10 or 12 guys that are ranked in the top 200 or, you know, around that. So two just completely stacked teams, awesome facility, right. Kind of in one, a, a super, super nice area in Charlotte. So it, it was a really cool experience, but the kid's a stud. I mean, you can tell, you know, he's a high schooler, so I'll be curious to see like how his development is. But I mean, he was, he's, he's got a cannon. He's not much of a runner. I would say JJ McCarthy is a lot more of a runner than, mm-hmm. He is. Um, but he's got a cannon and he, he can throw a nice deep ball and he was hitting dudes
2: all over the place. So how how um, tall is he, Matt? Would you say in my height, only like You're, six one? Six, so six one, six two.
3: Yeah, you know, a little shorter it, than McCarthy, but he can play.
1: Was the environment hear, Here's what I've noticed living in Detroit and covering a lot of these Detroit games. When you have these kind of loaded teams and a lot of them Catholic or a lot of them these prep schools, the crowd is normally pretty blah. Uh, and it almost feels more of like, kind of like a college game, uh, in turn, rather than, you know, the high school with the band and all that, was it kind of a, a weak environment in that sense? Or, or what did you make of it?
3: It was, I mean, it was, you know, there was a lot of people there, but it, it didn't feel like your cool local high school game, wherever the whole community is there. And, you know, those kind of things, it was, there was just media all over the place. Right. You know, a lot of the people were just walking around, barely watching the game and, you know, there, there was a lot of energy, it, really the the opposing team, the visiting team coming from Georgia, they were more rowdy than um, the, the team here in Charlotte, you know, cause they traveled up here, I guess. So that, that was a little surprising. I was like, you know, this doesn't feel like number one team versus number one team, but it was still cool. It's still who, high school who ended
2: football. Up, who ended up winning? Uh, the team from
3: Georgia won. Um, their, their quarterback's only a sophomore and he's probably going to end up being like top five in his class. So, um, it was, it was Providence day. It was their first loss this year. So they're, they're probably still going to make a run to a state title, but it was cool.
2: Good stuff. Media man down on the sidelines. Do You have flashbacks of uh, Fox 17.
3: (laughs) I did. I, I, I wanted to try and get right up there and catch a, you know, see a, see a touchdown pass right in my face, but that's fun.
2: that's good stuff. Well, speaking of high school football, we're going to get the prep spotlight brought to you by Jacobs Insurance Agency underway next, and we'll talk with the Perry Rambler head coach, Jeff Bott, coming up.
4: Are you ready to take your brand to the next level? Look no further. Introducing AZ Branding Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. At AZ, we're committed to helping businesses and organizations like yours reach new heights. Our full-service print and digital branding agency is your one-stop destination for all things branding. Need a stunning web or graphic design that captures your essence? We've got you covered. Want captivating social media content that engages your audience? Done. And that's not all. We're experts in video production and photography, ensuring your brand tells a compelling visual story. Plus, We specialize in screen printing and embroidery, turning your brand into wearable art that speaks volumes. Whether you're a startup or an established business, AZ is here to transform your brand dreams into reality. Ready to grow with us? Partner with AZ today and experience the difference. Visit our website at www.az.co or give us a call at 1-844-360-AZEE. AZ Branding Solutions where your success begins.
2: Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability integrity and compassion unique service representing unique lives ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso Chesanine, and New Lothar for more details find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234 All right, guys,
3: let's get the Prep Spotlight going. As always, the Prep Spotlight is brought to you by the great people at Jacobs Insurance. Head over there if you have any insurance needs and want to talk to those fine folks over there. We love the people at Jacobs Insurance. And today we're recording on Sunday, Selection Sunday, for high school football playoffs in Michigan. It's always an exciting time, and especially for a story like the Perry Ramblers, making the playoffs for the first time. Everyone made it to COVID year 2020, but officially the first time in program history. Super cool story. Uh, head coach Jeff Bott is joining us here. Appreciate you taking some time out on Selection Sunday.
5: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
3: Yeah. So we're, uh, you know, we, Corona guys, and we, we've interviewed a bunch of other coaches from the area, and we follow high school football over the state, but we Maybe our bread and butter is a little more in mid-Michigan. So when we come across stories like this, Duran last year was a cool story. Um, you know, Chessonine this year, we talked to their head coach. And, you know, among others, um, we, we love to just get some background and talk to you guys. So uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. You guys had a watch party to see who you guys ended up with. You ended up matched up with Pawamo Westphalia. What's the vibe right now, you know, around town with your team, at school, you know, just everything with the guys. It's got to be super exciting, right?
5: It it is. Everyone's excited. I mean, this has been something this town has been wanting forever. Um, It's, you know, we've fallen short in my tenure. And, I mean, there's been a lot of great teams that came through Perry that with the old system, they didn't qualify. And they were darn good football teams. Um, Right now, I'd say everyone's on cloud nine. I mean, we're, you know, very happy.
1: What um? What is it like when you do finally kind of break through? Was that kind of your guys' goal this uh, entire year, heading into fall camp? Was hey, let's be the team that you know makes history here at Perry. Let's let's make the playoffs. And how did it feel once you kind of finally got the word today? All right, we're officially in. What was that initial moment like when you officially got confirmation?
5: Well, it, it did. You're right. It did start back in the summer, and we've kind of had a don't talk about it mentality because things have not always gone our way and we've come up short, um, had several opportunities and just, it didn't work out for us. Um, and these seniors this year, they didn't want to hide from anything. Um, and, and that the group of leadership we have. And, you know, until you see and hear our name up there on the screen, you know, you don't, you know, you know, something not going to go right to some, you know, some weird going to happen point wise when I wake up this morning. Um, but it was, It was, you know, great seeing that up there. And, you know, it feels like about 10 million pounds is lifted off my shoulders and whatnot. the kids, I mean, they're on cloud nine right now.
2: Yeah, Coach, coach, it's just an awesome achievement to get to the playoffs. Uh, Give us a little bit about your background, your journey to Perry. I know you've been there now as head coach, what, nine years, but what about before that?
5: So I'm a graduate of Hazlitt High School, played at Hazlitt, um, and as, as soon as I got done with school in 95, I started coaching for Charlie Adlewski. Um, mm. He was my coach my senior year. He came down, and um, I probably should have been brain surgeon as long as I was in college because I got messing around <laughs> with coaching, um, but I, you know, started coaching at 19, um, 47 mm. now. Uh, feels like I've been doing it forever, and I was 17 years there on staff for football and basketball and um Rob Porter a good friend of mine came over and took the Perry job and um he said hey you interested my family's from Perry I'm I'm one of the few bots not to graduate from Perry um so you know I, I took a leap came over there and came over here and here we sit now
3: mm-hmm. yeah that that's cool it, it, it's always fun to hear the the journey stories of coaches. Again, I brought up, uh, Matt Walter, who's coaching at Chessonane. He told he was way up in the UP for a while and then he's bounced around. So, you know, it's always cool to hear that. Um, and speaking of Perry and the journey and everything like that, uh, you kind of brought it up being on cloud nine and, you know, the community and all the support at your selection party, uh, tonight, what's it like around, you know, seeing looking up in the stands and seeing the support from the community and how big is that for the kids? You know, I've, I have a couple of nephews who are on the team right now. So, you yep. know, I'm, I'm definitely keeping tabs on what you guys are doing. Um, but, you know, you mentioned the community how excited they are. They've been waiting for this. But how, how big and how special do you think it is for them to be able to go up to a school like Paloma, Westphalia and watch a playoff football game for Perry?
5: You, you know, I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I thought it was crazy when I was still coaching a Hazlitt. We came over and played Perry. We were in districts together in basketball. And we walked in, it was a district semi-game, and I was like, good Lord, half the town's here. <laughs> you know, and we kind of chuckled at it. This town, follow, it doesn't matter what the sport is. Yeah. We'll go to Summer League for basketball, we'll go to seven-on-sevens, and you look at the sideline, there's 35, 40 people sitting in chairs. I mean, they love their sports. And and I would, I would venture a guess that the visiting stands are going to be full over in PW on Friday night. Um, I I know like, you know, like I said, the temperature in town is everyone's wanted us for so long and it's, you know, here we are and I'm going to guess, uh, there there won't be a bunch of people left in town when the game goes off Friday night. (laughs)
1: Uh, Before we get into maybe previewing, uh, your upcoming matchup on Friday, who, who are some of the key, uh, contributors you guys have had this season, uh, for a lot of our listeners maybe don't follow Perry football, who are some of those key guys you want to kind of give some shine to?
5: Sure. We, um, our, on offense, our quarterback leads us Austin Poyer. Um, He's had a real good season for us so far. He's he's amassed 26 touchdowns total on offense through the ground and through the air. Um, He's got a little over 1,600 total yards. Um, He's matured so much as a quarterback for us. He used to be a one-dimensional, I just can run it, run it, run it, and um, he's put some good touch on the football this year. Our offensive line, I mean, they're kind of unsung heroes. I mean, their name never gets read. It never gets said anything between. They know when they give up a sack. That's about the only time people think yeah. about the offensive line. Um, but that group up there, Tanner Selvig and Cameron duty, um, whatnot, and Gabe Reeder, our seniors, are kind of leading the way there. Uh, defensively, um, again, another name. We, we only have 15 kids on the team, so wow. we kind of uh, – you get a lot of names twice. But Cameron duty has <laughs> been our, our middle linebacker since he was a freshman. Um, and he's now a senior and he's over a hundred tackles. And another senior uh-huh. force is Tim Hall at safety. And he's, he's right up there as well.
2: You know, it's been kind of an interesting journey as, as Matt liked, liked to say there, I mean, you, you got 15 guys on the team, so you're low on numbers on the varsity. Uh, Your football stadium is going under construction, so you play your first two home games at Nicanese Stadium in Corona. You uh, put together a schedule that was an independent schedule, which obviously worked out to your advantage to get you enough points to get to the playoffs. And then looking at the future, you're joining a very, very tough conference in the Central Michigan Athletic Conference. Just some thoughts on all that.
5: You know, it's it, one thing I've hung my hat on is we've always had varsity JV football in my nine years. I mean, when I took this job, we were 550 kids. Well, we're 290 now. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, our numbers are low. Um, and, you know, the league is a good fit for us size wise. Obviously, we are walking into a hornet's nest as far as football programs wise. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's such story traditions there. Um, you know, there won't be a Friday night off. I mean, we left a league that had Olivet Lakewood. So, I mean, you know, but there were other teams, you know, we knew we'd be in the football game, you know, if we played. Um, but you know, the CMAC is a very, very proud league and they're a very talented small town sports league. And, um, it was unfortunate we couldn't get in, but like you said, it it was kind of a blessing in disguise because I was able to work with the schedule a little bit to get us some points, um, that would have got us there, but it's, um, it's it's good looking football. I mean, it's our district is the CMAC, yeah, uh, with Langsburg and Bath, PW and Perry, and it's. Um, and I'm sure that's that happens other other um, other regions and whatnot, but it, it kind of struck me as funny as I was driving in here.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely exciting. And speaking of exciting, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but getting to head up to a school like PW and play a playoff game, I mean. Any, anyone who doesn't know that that's one of the more storied programs really in mid-Michigan, maybe in the whole state, in you know, the state. With, with their whole, their recent success, what, four times they've won the state title. Um, they've just had a ton of success up there. So it's almost like, you know, clash of the Titans, you know, you got PW and then first time playoff team in Perry, what's going to kind of be, I mean, you know, it's all new, you know, you, you just saw your matchup and everything. You're just about to go watch film after you get out of here uh, with us. What's going to be the message you send? You you tell your kids like, "Hey man, just soak this up." You know we're going up there to play one of the best teams in the state. Take advantage of the opportunity. Or what do you think is going to be the message that you send to your players?
5: You know, we, we with our goals with making the playoffs, we've checked one box off. Um, yeah. Another box for us would be winning six games for the first time in 30 years in program history and obviously checking the box off of having a chance to compete with pw I and mean, this is our first time playing in quite a few years um we know what we're in for um you know i joked with the kids hey if we're going to do this we might as well do it right yep. so we get to we get to head up there and i mean it's i've always admired that program from afar even when i was at Hazlitt. um sure. they just do it the right way they're tough kids. They play football and they get after it. And, you know, I, I may not have a bunch of kids, but I know Friday night when they strap it on, they're going to, they're not going to back down from anyone. So, I mean, wherever it ends up, we'll be on that field and we're going to get after it.
2: Awesome. Well, coach, we're, uh, As you can tell, we're huge high school supporters, especially in this area, and we wish you nothing but the best in the playoffs against PW and down the road in the future. Uh, It's been a a lot of fun catching up with you, hearing a little bit about Perry Rambler football. And, again, thanks for the time. Get to the film, and uh, good luck to you on Friday night.
5: Thank you, guys. Again, I can't thank you enough for taking the time with me.
2: All righty.
3: Thanks, Coach. Jacobs Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding areas since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcasts, we've had three generations, Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and myself, Noah Jacobs, serving our community with offices in Waterford and Owasso on M21, just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by our team. Jacob's insurance is a proud supporter of our local schools and the proud sponsor of the prep spotlight. Ensure everything local, independent, and trusted. It's our family working together to protect yours. That's the Jacob's way.
2: All right, guys, that was uh, good stuff there with Perry head coach, Jeff Bott. But uh, as we always like to do, we like to bring you up to speed on what happened and what's going forward. And last week, Corona finished off a perfect 9-0 regular season, 31-7 over Armada. I love the Argus Press headline, by the way. Corona sinks Armada, you know, kind of a take on Armada. Wyatt Bauer, though, man, just we talk about him all the time, 18 of 26, 204 yards, three touchdowns, all three to his his twin brother, Tarek. Tarek had eight catches for that total. Uh, Wyatt's would have been uh, higher. Actually, he actually did have over 300 yards passing in the game. And and oh. Tarek had 204 himself. Uh Jaden Eddington, 10 tackles, four TFLs. I mean, they wrapped up the season and now they get ready for a real tough district, even though they're hosting it.
3: Yeah, from the sounds of it, before we talk a little bit about those that, that district and some of the, the other playoff matchups, uh, from the sounds of it, listening into you, Casey and Bart, it was a bit of a battle versus yeah. Armada. Um, you know, maybe like you guys said in the broadcast and maybe has been said elsewhere, maybe the type of game that Corona needed heading into the playoffs, you know, mm-hmm. the running clock, every game was becoming, becoming a story starters, never playing in the fourth quarter. So maybe, maybe it's a, not necessarily like an eye opener, but like a, the, the type of game Corona needed heading into the playoffs. Cause that, that's the kind of games they're going to be seeing if they want to go farther in the playoffs. So, so, so really cool for them to wrap up a nine and no season
2: for yeah. sure. Well, I think Coach Herrick has a few things to work on, too. I mean, yeah, it, it was it was a sloppy game. I'm just going to tell you right now. Sloppy, a lot of questionable calls, you know. There was a lot oh, of fightiness. Wow. So, I mean, it yeah, was one, just one of those one, nights.
3: One of my buddies who was at the game, um, you know, tech, texting upstate, updates and stuff, he said, yeah, it was nice of Armada to bring their own referees, too.
2: <laughs> so, I was
1: like,
3: oh, okay. <laughs>
1: Welcome to high school football. That's yeah, it's you're it's shaky at best. You're really, right. Pretty much anytime, anytime you run them refs out. So yeah.
2: yeah, I like I said in the broadcast though, I would like to see. And again, I don't want to be critical as they're having a heck of a time even getting referees. But you know, call the obvious stuff. But anything that's somewhat borderline let them play it out that's my my viewpoint uh yeah. some of the other key games chesanine over carrollton uh 44-6 indians their eighth straight win after losing that home opener against bath new lothrop again they've been flying under the radar this year maybe not anymore now they're going to start the playoffs eight and one on the season they uh pounded division Four lake fenton who's also in the playoffs 38 to nothing jack kalhanic the quarterback wow. had five of the six hornet tds in that one Uh, Ovid Elsie over Standish Sterling, 28 to 27. The Marauders have made it. And who should I talk about in that game, Jared?
1: (laughs) Trey Stokar, give him to us.
2: 312 yards, all four touchdowns. Not bad, huh? Uh,
1: I I will say the, the new Lothrop scores to go back there for a second. I mean, they are just getting better and better. Tell me if that surprises you with a Clint Galvis led team, uh, big time. I mean, that's an opening score. They beat a D4 playoff opponent, basically running clocked them. Uh, right. I mean, them and Ithaca should be a really fun D8 matchup. Ted, who are, who are you going to be following at the We're, station if, if New Ultra makes a run and so does Corona?
2: Yeah, well, that's up to station management. I think right now uh, things are looking pretty promising on the Cavalier front. We've had some first-time advertisers, quite a handful have decided to hop on board. So it'll all be officially announced tomorrow, but uh, you know, it all depends if teams keep winning too. We have to reshuffle every week on who's continuing on Uh, other games in eight man football. Byron got their first win over Vesterberg, 36, 18 and Morris over Montabella, 46 to six. The O's playing their best ball, here late in the season, heading into the eight-man playoffs. And one final question, non-football-related, in cross-country in the Shiawassee County Championship at Corona High School, Owasso came away with two individual champions. On the boys' side, Trojan Simon Erforth took the medalist honors, and on the girls' race, Emma Crandall raced to first-place honors. So congratulations to them. But let's slide things back over to football for a moment and uh, talk briefly here about uh, the upcoming playoffs. This is Selection Sunday where we're recording uh, yep. got the got the matchups. I think we we just start right in Division five with eight and no Hamity at nine and O Corona, and then Williamston, you know, middle of middle of the road season at six and three playing on Pontiac, Notre Dame Prep, who comes in with uh, some pretty impressive victories. That sets up to be if all goes according to Hoyle, quite a district championship.
3: I mean, that that was we talked to Jason Hutton about it last week. And I feel like maybe, you know, some of the other guests that we've had on have talked about, obviously, the the two Grand Rapids teams over there, Catholic Central and West Catholic. They're in a region over there. They'll, they'll meet up in a regional championship if it shakes out like that. And then like Jason Hutton told us last week and we've talked about with with Notre Dame uh, Prep it almost feels like if it shakes out, if Corona is able to get by Hamity if, if uh, Notre Dame prep's able to get by Williamston, it almost feels like that Corona Notre Dame prep game is going to be a winner gets the Ford field. We do. You don't want to get ahead of yourselves, but right. that, that feels like that way with the seeding. I mean, mm-hmm. um, with the top four teams, those are the top four teams. And Jared, you were looking at Notre Dame prep. They have some, like you said, Ted, they have some very impressive wins on their schedule. Don't sleep on Hammity though. I mean, I remember right. Sam Ali, and Brandon Green, they were they were talking about Hamity. Maybe not the strongest schedule. Probably what their their best win is over Bentley. Um, otherwise, you know, maybe not the biggest noteworthy schedule. That's right. why they're. I mean, I think they were a good twenty points below Karana in the in the whole playoff points thing. So, but they can put up points. They have they have a very big point differential. They've scored like over three hundred points and only given up about forty or fifty or something. So,
2: a very fast and, Han- team.
3: Very fast. Hamidi's going to give Corona a run for their money too.
1: It looks like from the the little bit of quick research I did on Notre on Notre Dame Pontiac Prep, looks like they have quite the stud quarterback. So it'll be a really nice matchup between him and Wyatt Bauer. Looks True. like he has more touchdowns than incompletions uh, on the season, and he had <laughs> six total touchdowns against Gladwin, who won Division Five last year. Right, uh, they beat him by thirty. So gonna be it's gonna be uh, you're gonna find out what Corona is made of. Uh, in a couple weeks here. And Hamity, you mentioned it. I mean, not exactly the best round one draw you want for wh- what right. Corona is basically what the number two overall seed. And you have to play an unbeaten team. Uh, but it is what it is. I mean, if you have forward field aspirations, you got to beat teams like that. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a really fun district. Um, district yep. of death, some are calling it. So,
3: yeah. Also yeah, they, like I said the the West Catholic that that was going to be one of the big ones is West Catholic Catholic Central building over there but they're not in the same district they're in the same region so you know they they both should be able to get out of their district but and if they, if it plays out that it's Notre Dame Prep Corona in 2 weeks basically at the nick man that there's going to be a lot of electricity at that game
2: yeah, Corona got the, they definitely got the draw because they'll have three home games, yep. you know, if they can continue on and win. Mm-hmm. You know, and some other key division matchups, Division Six, Central Montcalm at Chesnine, the Chessanine Indian story. I mean, we've been on it. We had their head coach on, Matt Walter, on the podcast, 8-1. and You know, they slipped up in week one, probably didn't know what they had. The game got away from them just a little bit to Bath. Could have been a 9-0 and season for Chessonine. And, I mean, they got a a stud running back and obviously good coaching and could set up to be a Mid-Michigan Athletic Conference District Championship as Ida at Ovid Elsie's on the other side of the bracket.
3: Yeah, that's always exciting when you see things kind of shake out like that.
2: And of course, we talked a little bit about Division Eight uh, off air, but uh, Michigan Lutheran Seminary at New Lothrop, Clint Galvis has his team all of a sudden just crank it into gear. They also could have had a nine and season. They yeah. they gave up uh, an interception right at the end of that Chessonine game, or they could have maybe pulled that one out. But what a what a district! Fowler and Ithaca's on the other side of the bracket for Division Eight, man. That's about as tough a district as you can have.
3: And yeah. what I, I think I saw too, Ubbly is in that that region mm-hmm. also, or, or
2: yeah, in the district, and and they're a for real team.
3: They're for real. I know our friends over at Thumb Tailgater Sports over there, um, <laughs> they they hype up Ubbly quite a bit. So oh,
2: yeah,
3: what and it would be Ithaca, New Lothrop in round two, right? So that would be a a, a yeah. heck of a matchup. So it is definitely cool seeing seeing some of these shake out. I know Morris is they're they're having to go over to Deckerville. Some of those like lower divisions, you get some really cool like kind of like random uh, matchups sometimes with, you know, where, where they have to travel or whatever, but it's definitely a fun
2: time. Right on. Well, we're looking forward to it and, uh, we'll know by the time this, uh, podcast drops where the castle will be for that, uh, Friday night opener. I have a hunch, but, uh, it'll be officially announced on Monday. So let's move on and talk about, uh, other football where well, there was a little game over in East Lansing that, uh, <laughs> I think we might have a few thoughts on that. And then the Detroit Lions at Baltimore, we'll have uh, our commentary on those coming up right after this.
3: Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, exemplary service and real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at coreyshook.com, and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services.
1: Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker lender and servicer that means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else if you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in florida hawaii or michigan stop what you're doing and give success group mortgage and servicing a call 989-720-4380 that's 989-720-4380
2: all right guys uh, you, you heard me talking about whining, being at a wedding because I missed that game. Well, I didn't miss a whole heck of a lot other than a just complete devastation of Michigan State, 49 to nothing. You guys had a chance to watch it live and up close and personal. I, re, I caught the re, replay today. I did DVR it, but uh, just some thoughts on the Wolverines right now and also the Spartans. I mean, two teams in opposite directions, obviously.
3: I mean, that's that's saying it lightly. I think that was I think it was a type of game, the exact game. I said this in our instant reaction video, the exact way that Michigan had to play that game, because, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's an in-state rivalry. We've we've talked about it so many times. You never know how these games are going to play out. Michigan State could have came out and played the game of their lives. Rocky Lombardi throwing 400 Mm -hmm. yards, you know, all over the place. It could have been something like that. Michigan just needed to come out, punch them in the mouth, and basically take all the wind out of their sails. And, oh, man, did they. I mean, honestly, from kickoff, you could just tell this was a varsity team versus a freshman team. I mean, McCarthy was doing anything he wanted. They barely even had to run the ball. I mean, Blake Corum didn't even really have, like, a huge day because, like, they were just moving the ball so easily. Um, the defense just completely made Hauser and the rest of the Michigan state offense look pitiful. And I'm really, I'm not trying to pile on. That's really what it is. Michigan state just they're in a bad spot. And, you know, I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to pile on, but I'm very curious to see what they do because the roster is bad. The coaching staff is not very good. And are they going to clean house and try and just make a big splash higher? and hope to get some transfer portal stuff. And, you know, some, I don't know, because if you watch that game, those teams are on two completely different levels. And it doesn't seem like Michigan State has anything coming here in the near future. That's enough about the Spartans. Michigan State is on, or or Michigan's on another level. I mean, yeah, it was Michigan State and they're down. But the way McCarthy's playing, the way the defense is playing, they can definitely win a national title.
1: Michigan... I have no complaints with that team. They, in my opinion, we both saw Penn State. I said this. I said this at the start of the year when everyone was going goo Gaga over Ohio State after that Notre Dame win. I thought the same thing then. I think the same thing now. I've not been impressed with them. We, in the best part of the whole Ohio State Penn State matchup upcoming, one you had people saying Drew Aller was the best quarterback in the Big Ten. <laughs> he looked horrible. Look, he said it himself. I sucked. He said that, holding back tears uh michigan was trouncing ohio state when they had cj stroud who by the way has looked incredible in the nfl Mm -hmm. so i i'm not even we don't even need to necessarily preview those matchups coming up i can't wait for those games we have the best quarterback we have the best defense we have the best offensive line all phases of the game were better than both those teams so i can't wait for those games they're gonna be a couple bludgeonings like we saw uh last night i said it in my instant reaction a sweet, a sweet win. I really wish I had a Mel Tucker cigar to smoke after that one. It felt so good. With all the bullshit we've been dealing with with the NCAA, which is coming across like a winch hunt, whether or not this is a legitimate investigation or not, the fact that the NCAA has come after Michigan and Harbaugh like 15 different ways for the dumbest of things, nobody's taken this serious. Nobody's other than apparently Michigan State, who I'm not sure if this came from the athletic director, if it came from Harlan Barnett, but the the rumor that they were not going to play this game, <laughs> it, it 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 hurt them more than that helped them. Like yeah. that was supposed to maybe embarrass Michigan. It just made Michigan State come across as soft. Right. Uh, and I feel bad for the players in that locker room, man. Uh, I mean, what is going on with their leadership in terms of coaching? The running in of plays so that Michigan can't quote unquote steal their signals. What yeah. are what are we doing? What a, like talk about just like tying one arm behind your back. This is Michigan State, who's like a no-huddle spread offense. And we're going back to Ted's era where where they, they pass the playoff to the wide receiver, have the wide receiver run it in. I mean, what is going on? Just yeah. let out embarrassed yourself in, in an attempt to try and make Michigan look stupid. You made yourself look dumber than anybody in the room.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, the the football team, the football program that you called it, man, it's it's in shambles right now. I mean, it, you know, they got to they got to clean house and start over. The the underlying bigger issue though is the university. I mean, I love Michigan State as far as a college, but man, they've they've made some boneheaded moves, including somehow you saw the story yeah. about the the posting on the on the scoreboard. We yeah. don't need to get deep into that, but how is that continue? How's this stuff continue to happen? Right
1: from what somebody tweeted, and and this is perfectly laid out. Michigan State put a goose egg on the scoreboard, but it wasn't the worst <laughs> thing shown on the scoreboard all night. Yeah. That's I mean, what that's is a good like, line? That was the perfect encapsulation, like you said. It's time to just cut bait and hit the reset button. Yeah. Uh, what is going on down there? It's just, it sucks, man. I mean, I, as much as I loved that kind of drubbing, I mean, we, we want to see this rivalry be something where it's two top teams, what it was in 2021, as much as yeah. that loss stung, that's a game. You never forget 2015 trouble with the snap. You never forget that. Yeah. And the fact that we're so far away from seeing a potential big time matchup like that, it sucks. It's sad. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll never get sick of killing Michigan state, but if I had it my way, it's, it's a great game every year. And it just wasn't that. I mean, you talk about McCarthy, the, the Heisman preseason Heisman hype is finally starting to show up on the stat sheet and on the screen since that Bowling green game, he has been sensational. Uh, I mean, like you said, the running game really hasn't been great all year. It hasn't been great, which is a little concerning, Uh, but McCarthy has taken a step forward and he's looking like he's the best quarterback in the big 10. Maybe the best quarterback in all of college football, uh, if we're being honest. Right. Uh, so I'm loving what I'm seeing on that front. But uh, flat out, it's hard not to hover around this Michigan State program and keep talking about it because right. my God, they are—they're stranded in the middle of the Pacific without a paddle. It's—it's it's embarrassing. No
2: doubt. And before you know jump what... in, before you jump in, Matt, I just gotta quit, throw this quickly out. At, <laughs> you, you mentioned the Bowling Green game, Jared, and you, you don't need to go back and and re-listen to that recording when I said he passed himself out of the Heisman chase because he's back in it for sure. <laughs> right. it,
3: which, you know, after that game, that, that was probably a true <laughs> statement, you know, right. three interceptions. Uh, now I see, you know, there's obviously a ton of people just to, mo- mostly on Twitter still trying to talk about Urban Meyer to Michigan mm-hmm. State. You know, people are throwing around a bunch of other coaching candidates. I honestly, I don't know what is super intriguing right now about Michigan state. Yes. Like, like you said, Ted, it is still, you know, one of the best programs and universities in the big 10, but when you've got Michigan and Ohio state or Michigan and Ohio state and Penn state rolling, Iowa and Wisconsin are still there. Solid programs all the time. Um, Nebraska, you know, with Matt rule, are they going to be able to turn it around? You know, pretty, yeah, that could happen. Oh yeah. And then you've got USC, Washington, Oregon, UCLA coming into the Big Ten. And you've got you look at Michigan State's roster right now, and I know there's a transfer portal, and we see what Dion did out in Colorado and you know other schools. But I don't know what would be so intriguing about Michigan State, unless it literally is if you're coming from a smaller program and you want to get into the Big Ten as a head coach and they throw a bunch of money at you. Okay, yeah, that that could be it. But you are, you talk about uphill battle. It's whoever comes in for Michigan state next year, especially, you know, if they try and keep like Mark D'Antonio around as like a mentor or something like that, or some of these older, you know, coaches, I think they just need to clean house and say, we got to start fresh and hope that all of our players don't bail on us. And yes, it's going to take two or three years, but that that's just what it's going to be because it it's not looking good right now, but Michigan they're every bit. I mean, they're they're number one in the country in SP+, plus, which is basically an adjusted stat to show, like, you know, because everyone still says, like, Michigan hasn't played anyone. Well, that statistic adjusts for, like, opponent strength and everything. Michigan's number one in the country. J.J. McCarthy has the best odds right now for the Heisman Trophy. Um, they're heading into their bye week mostly healthy. I think, you know, they've got some, a few nagging, maybe some minor injuries, but they're going to have the bye week to get healthy. And then they head into that stretch run, you know, three big games at the end of the year: Penn State, Maryland, then obviously Ohio State. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like Jared and say like I'm not worried about those games. No, you shouldn't be worried. Penn, Penn State, Ohio State, you never know. I, am with you. I'm, I'm overly confident. I still think they could give Michigan a game, but there's no reason Michigan shouldn't be in back in the playoff with how they're playing. I mean, they are just playing at such a high level.
1: Yeah, like they literally, like I never thought this last year watching them. This year, watching them, I'm like, this is legitimately like the top team in the country. I never thought that last year, even after the Ohio State wins, I'd never felt that. This whole year, it just seems like a team with a purpose. Oh, and you and you throw in these investigations and all the bullshit they've had to deal with off the field. It's like it's a team that's playing inspired. Uh, I'll talk about the the uh, investigation in a second. I'll just tie a bow on what you said about Urban Meyer, Matt. I wrote this down because I was kind of thinking the same thing you're thinking. Like, what's he thinking watching this game? I think it's one of two thoughts. It's one, they are so bad. I'm never, ever going to go there. Or is it him saying, you know what? If I can just get there, I'm going to, there's no expectations. If I can beat Michigan just one time in like, let's say for his first four years, they're going to like build a statue for him at yeah. Michigan State. So I don't know. I, I, I see it both sides. I think I lean toward him seeing that as like a dumpster fire that he wants to stay away from. But I mean, if I know one thing about Urban Meyer, pay the guy; he's probably going to come. So right. I don't think that's totally out the window yet. But what do you guys make? And last thing I'll say about the game, actually, Mike Sanders still.
2: Yes, gotta still. love
1: him. I mean, favorite player. I was I was the first one to the Sanders still bandwagon, similar <laughs> to Ted with Jared Goth, except I never jumped off of it like he did. <laughs> so I just Sanders still just continues to make plays. The number zero. The fact that he was a stud wideout, now he's a stud defensive back, nickel corner. I love watching that guy every snap. When, when they're our defense, that's the guy I circle and yep. I watch him make plays. So cool to see him make two pick sixes Yeah, uh, the play of the game. Uh, but as for this investigation, I'll just leave it up to you guys first. I don't want to taint the conversation. What do you guys make of it? Is this a legit concern? Where are you at with it?
2: Go ahead, Matt. I
3: don't, I don't think it's a legit concern. I mean, you never know what they're going to find. Like we've said with other coaches and other situations, we don't know what really is going on behind closed doors. So maybe there is something that they're doing. I don't think Jim Harbaugh with the spotlight that he, and bullseye that he has on him by the NCAA and everyone, that he would do something knowingly illegal, you know? The whole stealing the signs thing, it's been laid out over and over again. We don't have to get into that. That picking up signs or trends from other teams and, you know, adjusting your defense to that. That's just what you do in sports, not, not just college football, not just, you know, whatever, everywhere, basketball, baseball, it's just a part of playing sports. You scout, you see what other teams are doing and you say, Hey, every time they make this call, they run this way or, you know, whatever. So that part is, is a big old nothing burger. As a lot of people say, are they sending people to other stadiums to scout in person? First of all, again, it's been laid out, It's just a ridiculous rule in general that that's illegal by the NCAA. Like a lot of people, I saw Desmond Howard and other people saying like they had to go research that. And they just found out this week that the NCAA doesn't allow you to send in-person people to other games to scout opposing teams. That just is wild. But again, I don't think Harbaugh would knowingly do stuff illegal, knowing, like you said, Jared, the NCAA just seems to be out to get him. Paul Feinbaum, of all people, even said that it just seems like if this was any other coach, it wouldn't have been an NCAA investigation since it was Jim Harbaugh and Michigan's at the top of the mountain right now. They're going to dig deep and try and find some sort of way to invalidate what Michigan is doing. I think it's just firing up the team. I think it's just going to drive them and Harbaugh's going to want to get handed that national championship trophy by the NCAA basically with a big middle finger. Yeah. Say, how sweet,
2: how sweet would that be, man? That's for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's painfully obvious. The NCAA is after Jim Harbaugh, you know, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, you guys got to explain to me and maybe our listeners that aren't aware exactly what happened. You kind of said it, you know, apparently Michigan, they were accused of sending a coach out to scout and try to pick up the site, the signals from other teams. Right now they just, they just suspended the the main guy like i don't have his name in with front of me pay. okay yeah. it's just with pay but that's while the investigation goes on was he what's from what you guys know was he the one that was organizing it and sending somebody out to these different stadiums so I'm that's the bit, right allegedly Allegedly,
3: right. right? Allegedly, so he's the he's the he's in the recruiting department. He's a special assistant on the staff, mm-hmm. but all the pictures of him, he's at Michigan's games, right? So what what's being said is that he has like a network of people that he is sending to other games. So he's a former Marine mm-hmm. who basically I love is that probably,
1: detail. I love that detail. About me too.
3: It probably like an insane genius that can analyze video and really like break stuff down with the best of them. I think it's hardball playing chess. When other people are playing checkers, he's like – he knows this guy, and he's like, I'm going to hire the smartest person in the world that worked for the U.S. military, and I'm going to tell him, hey, learn what other coaches are doing and tell me. You know. So the accusation is that he's sending people okay. to Rutgers, to Minnesota, to Georgia, you know, whatever, and then those people are either filming or something and then getting that stuff back to him, and he's breaking it down. Mm-hmm. I heard someone say, too, that they're saying – that michigan is having whoever it is whether it's grad assistants or whoever during the game gather video you know from the tv feed or you know whatever and then sending it to him so at halftime he can basically quickly you know look at stuff and break it it down but the the thing is every school does that every school does that so i don't i don't really know what it's so
1: dumb i mean the rule is apparently it's a new rule since 1994 um (laughs) Because they don't want teams that like the central Michigan's, eastern Michigan's, who don't have the resources to be at an unfair advantage. Mm -hmm. What what are we talking about? How about NIL? The fact that, you know, (laughs) central Michigan, who can't rub two pennies together for NIL, is competing against these Notre Dames of the world. Right. How is that fair? So it's just an entirely uh, idiotic rule, dumb ass thing, just in general. But flat out, here's where I'm at with it. I think Michigan and Harbaugh are screwed. I, I, I mean, it's hard not to view, it, see it that way when he literally got four games for essentially nothing. Mm-hmm. So this is maybe something, Matt, you're laying it out pretty well, definitely probably a little bit against the rules, I, just being unblatantly honest here. Do, do I think it's worth this whole hubbub and Michigan State running in plays 1950s <laughs> style and potentially not playing the game? I mean, what are we talking about? this is just flat out coaching at its finest i mean yes it's a little bit a little bit maybe dirty uh i don't view it but again when you the 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 wolf or the what is the the what's the saying i'm looking for the wolf crying wolf, wolf. and
2: sheepskin no that, who was little red
1: riding head when you're crying wolf 400 times like the NCAA has against michigan it's like dude at some point i'm like i don't give a shit if this is the the realest accusation in the world and michigan should be given the death penalty I'm throwing it out the window for no. any sort of unbiased, fair investigation. Like you said, they don't even know what they're really looking at. But once you start investigating these schools and these teams, it's like you're going to find something. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where I'm at. It's like this might be Harbaugh's last ride. The NCAA has done it. I'm, I'm sick of the NCAA. I, I, right. I want that freaking organization to be burned to the ground and mm-hmm. replaced by the SEC and Greg Sankey and that whole commissioner. Yeah. But that might not happen. So I think where I'm at is let's just win this season. Let's win a damn national championship. Harbaugh, give him the, the middle finger on your way out. Go to the NFL. You know, spread your wings. Uh, and us as Michigan fans will appreciate what you did for us, but it looks like this might be the last ride. That's the way I view it. I, I seriously it could, think we're screwed.
3: It could be. I mean, it you know, that could be how it plays out. You know, that this could be enough to push Harbaugh finally back. Kind of like, you know, what we've talked about with Beeline. John Beeline finally was like, I can't deal with everything that is going on with college basketball. So I've got to take a shot with the, the NBA, you know, maybe this is what finally pushes Harbaugh back or it's the complete opposite. And he wants to rack up as many national championships as he can doing things his own way. When he knows, I bet you he's found loopholes or he's found gray areas where, you know, he knows he's not literally breaking the rules Mm-hmm. But, right, he's maybe pushing the limits a little bit by having this guy on his staff who can break down video and stuff. And Because the, the pictures of him on the sidelines, you can tell, like, game action is over here, and his eyes are always, right. you know, right over there. So, he you know, he's probably hired specifically for that. And if Harbaugh has dotted, dotted his eyes, crossed his T's, and said, this is not breaking any rules. We just have mm-hmm. a guy on the staff who's the best in the world at doing this, you know? If they're literally sending people, if they're doing the thing that is illegal, if they're sending people to Rutgers and East Lansing and other places to record video and do that kind of stuff, then sure. But I don't know how they're going to find that out either. Yeah. Like, are they going to? Is there a paper trail of like buying plane tickets and game laptop?
1: Tickets and- once once they said we're going right. to get look at this guy's laptop, that's when I'm like, they're they're aft. Yeah. Whether or not they were doing this in person thing or not, there's probably something. Against the rules that was done on that laptop. Like I said, I think you investigate any of these schools and, and you're gonna find something. So it's a bummer, man. It sucks. Again, I, I don't know, I don't even want to comment on the actual wrongdoing or right doing because the NCAA has lost all credibility. They've mm-hmm. lost all credibility. So any investigation they do, immediately you know it's biased. Yeah, right. because everything is coming across as bias. It's how many times, how many different ways can you go at one goddamn coach who it's not like he's out here, you know, extorting these kids or something, or, I mean, we've seen it with other head coaches where they're doing like prostitution rings and they're right. back coaching in a few years. Right. Right. It's so like, what is going on here?
2: The, the, the saddest part to me is you could be very right about this might be the last run for Jim at Michigan. And to me, it's not only sad being a Michigan fan and being a Harbaugh guy, but if I look at him and how he coaches, yeah, he had success in the NFL and he probably still can be successful in the NFL, but damn it. He's a college coach. You can tell he is a college coach. He loves it.
3: Yeah. And the way that, you know, how he's obviously toned it back a little bit than when he came into, to to Michigan, but it's a different, it's, it's like when urban Meyer went to Jacksonville Mm -hmm. dealing with, professional grown men making more money than you is very different than coaching and recruiting college kids. So, you know, you can, you can tell he has fun and he, he loves Michigan. Obviously it's, I mean, that's his whole life since he was a kid. So hopefully this doesn't push him away because they're, they're set up really for a long run, but you have to wonder if this is part of the hangup with not giving him just a 10 year extension. Right. You know that that's been talked about for so long. Like, why is Harbaugh not the highest-paid coach in the Big Ten? Why does he not have the Tom Izzo basically, you know, lifetime contract? So you have to wonder if if this kind of stuff that's going on, if that's making Michigan say, eh, "We don't necessarily want to." I'm do telling
1: it. you, this it's I'm I'm light at the end of the tunnel. Mark this down and at further receipts, he will get a season suspension. That's my opinion on this. I really think that's where this mm-hmm. is heading. Mm. unfair <laughs> unfair probably not i mean honestly if we look at this like this is probably worthy of like a four-game suspension in my opinion whatever this is whether true or not whatever just right. take the four-game suspension move on but given what that four-game suspension what that was for basically nothing at the start of the season it's like they're gonna they're gonna make this way bigger that they're gonna make a mountain out of a mole, and it's going to be like a season suspension and yeah. when that happens i think harbaugh it's like f this i'm out so yeah. I hope not. I hope I'm wrong, but that's my gut.
2: It's a shame too, because you, you know, darn well, coaches like Nick Saban and the others have the same kind of stuff going on, but nobody's after well, them.
1: Here's what I've known. And there, I haven't, that's what I've been kind of waiting to hear. Where's Saban's comments on this? Where, mm-hmm. you know, it's Kirby Smart. Some of these top, top coaches, I've heard nothing yet. So right. I, I'll be very curious to hear what they have to say about this. Outside of guys like Shiano, who have just been getting pounded yeah. by Michigan a million times. It's like I don't even care what you have to say. Same thing with Michigan State. Let's hear it from some of these big wigs who are on Harbaugh's level. If they if they say this is the worst thing that's ever happened in college football, hmm. hand up, suspend them.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, we talked about he might go to the NFL. Let's talk a little bit after the NFL before we wrap this up. The Lions, a big stinker. We're recording this on Sunday, thirty eight to six uh, to the Ravens. I don't think it's any huge surprise they lost the game, but I think the way they played, I don't know. Do we do we? Well, we're not down a, a notch anyway. But <laughs> right. what are we thinking about this? Is this just an anomaly? And no, I don't know, on? man.
1: I, I've been saying that I thought this defense was kind of standing on their head. Um, really, all of last year and and for the majority of this year. I mean, Lamar Jackson, three hundred fifty seven yards, three touchdowns, mm. only six incompletions, literally toying with the defense. Yeah. Uh, the pass rush non-existent, zero sacks, nine point one yards per play for the Ravens. I mean, it was a debacle offensively, defensively, and it was a really depressing debacle. Uh, I mean, I've had a lot of depressing Lions losses in my life. But, I mean, we were talking about that this team, Ted, you were just about buying a Super Bowl ticket last week. Now I'm like, what What even is this team? This is like a Dallas Cowboys-esque make playoffs. Maybe you you eke out a win and then, and then you lose to an Eagles or a 49ers. Uh, I don't know. I, it just really kind of put a sour taste in my mouth, and it's kind of making me rethink what we've thought this team was.
3: I'm not completely jumping off the ship like it sounds like Jared is. Um, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's more like you said anomaly. I, I think right now it's going to be more. You know, in six, seven, eight weeks, we look back and almost chuckle at this game. It's going to be like an outlier on the schedule. You know, it seems like every NFL team, this kind of stuff happens. 100%. You know, I mean, teams lay an egg whether it's coming off a bye week or you know coming off a short week because they played on a Thursday or you know something ridiculous this was a tough game too. going on, you know, they were at Tampa Bay last week and now they're at Baltimore this week against Lamar Jackson. Like you said, who's actually playing pretty well. Ravens defense is no joke. Um, So it was a tough game. And I think going in Vegas had the Ravens winning the game anyway. So, you know, if you're hanging, hanging your hat on that a little bit, you know, they were not expected to win in that sense. So, but kind of like what you said, Ted, the way it happened was a little disappointing.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Is it, is it going to be like, – is it showing us more of what this team is about or is it just going to be an outlier? I guess that that remains to be seen. They play Monday night, you know, next week against the Raiders. If they go in, win that game, and they're 6-2 and two going into their bye week, we forget about this Ravens game. Now they go lose on Monday night and they go into their bye week on a two-game losing streak. That's going to leave a sour taste in our mouth. I think the defense, you know, got exposed a little bit. Same with against Seattle. Um, I still think they're a really good unit. I <laughs> – I still waver on Jared Goff. I really seriously, yeah. I, I tried not to because he has been so good. And he was, people were talking about him being MVP and all this kind of stuff with how he was playing. Rightfully so. But a teams, I'm surprised more teams don't play him the way Seattle and the Ravens did. You pressure him up the middle and he's just not the same quarterback. He's not mobile. He can't scramble. And he gets happy feet. How many times today did he get pressure and just like throw it at some dude's feet at the, like the line of scrimmage? I don't like even Stafford was, he's not Lamar Jackson, but Stafford knew how to maneuver in the pocket and scramble a little bit. So I'm not out on Jared Goff. I'm not saying he's trash trade him, anything like that, but if they can he, host playoff games, if they're at Ford field in that nice, <laughs> no, no wind, no, yeah. no uh, weather, Goff is going to light anyone up. So I I guess I, I'm not, I don't know. I, I don't put too much of this on Goff.
1: And in my, I'm no, not think putting it's, it on I
2: mean, him. I'm just still like, he, right. He didn't have the greatest game, but he, by the time they were I mean, you to get the they're they're down going, they're, they're exactly.
1: Right. And I, I mean, no Montgomery. Uh, I mean, maybe one of the biggest tells of me of, of this game offense. I'm not worried about the offense. I think the offense is going to be good. I mean, yeah. you can't, you're going to have some duds. The defense, I mean, like we laid out, I mean we don't we don't have to rehash the Hutchinson and the pass rush debate every week. Right. I mean, where we need the trade. There, there's a trade to be made on that defensive line. I hate to say it. There just there's is. Yeah. If you really want to compete for Super Bowl, if you really want to try to host some playoff games, you need a legit Pro Bowl pass rusher to go alongside Hutchinson. Yeah. Um, that's just flat out my opinion. Um, yeah. and my biggest maybe concern on the offensive end. I know I'm not saying be worried about the offense, but they threw 53 passes today. I mean Williams dropped a touchdown pass. It's a, it's a first let me just say it's 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 incredible how far he's made it in his NFL journey flat out being unable to catch a ball. I, it's just it's it's like he's succeeded in spite of being able to catch the ball as a wide receiver. It's it's right. unbelievable. He also doesn't seem to totally understand how to run a deep route. I mean, why is he like getting turned around every time they throw it to him? It's like what is going on with these routes where you can't seem to track the ball? I don't know, I'm worried about Williams. I mean, didn't have a catch on 53 pass attempts. And this is supposed to be a round number one wide receiver to really kind of take this offense to another level. I thought Gibbs was actually pretty good today. Yeah. It's hard to really even gauge it because they were out of the game as soon as it started. But for what it's worth, I thought Gibbs was great. But Williams, what was that?
3: Yeah. Yeah. What it showed me, hopefully they figured out something with Gibbs. I mean, you right. know, giving him some swing passes, trying to get him the ball in space as opposed to just running him up the middle, you know, that's David Montgomery. That that's the running back that he is. I, Jameson Williams. I don't know. I'm, I'm still, I'm going to be very, very, very patient with him. Cause I just watched him absolutely destroy teams in college, you know, but it, it's starting to, yeah, like you said, like it, it almost looks like he never really truly learned how to run routes. He just was faster than everyone. So he just ran by everyone, which is cool. But again, and I'm not piling on golf. Golf isn't the best deep ball thrower. No, you know, a lot of his deep balls do kind of flutter or float a little bit. Even that touchdown, Jameson Williams had last week, you know, was a pretty bad throw. Um, I think again, Goff but is, I don't
1: know if that's golf. It's like how many times? How many different ways is Williams? It's like it's like today on his drop. It's like he, he's like turning right, then turning back right. left. It's like what's? Are, is Ben Johnson just telling him to, to sprint straight? <laughs> like I, I don't know. Right. It's 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 just confusing and and the fact that golf i mean say what you will about golf and you know obviously not the best mobility in terms of like thinking the game and like that type of thing the fact that he doesn't target williams often is worrisome
2: in my opinion
1: makes you think he's not totally understanding the offense he's not trustworthy and we already know the drop issue i'm pretty sure he's already got more drops than fitzgerald larry fitzgerald had in his entire career Right, just with wideouts, I don't think catching the ball is something you can necessarily make into a skill. I know Amon Ra right. has a thing where he catches off the jugs machine every day to practice. I mean, at this point in your career, if you're Williams, if you're just flat out unable to catch the ball, I don't think that's something he's gonna gain, uh, you know, in year five of his career. Right. I just think it's kind of is what it is, and flat out, he just doesn't have great hands.
2: Well, that's definitely what we're seeing right now. But I, I, I think we do have to give him a little bit of time. I mean. He's fast. He is fast. I mean, there's been NFL players and wide receivers that have improved their catching ability. Let's put it that way. We know uh we know Amon Ra is the top dog as far as Goff's go to guy. So if you got a good second and third to go with him, you'll be all right. I don't know if he's gonna be the answer, right. but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get too panicky about today. As we've yeah. said, they're gonna have, you know. They're going to have four losses before this thing's all said and done. They're right. going to win their division. They're going to make it to the playoffs and then start over. Let's see what yeah. happens. See if you're playing your best ball at that time. And then that's when you make your run. But uh, that's the a bad, one bad day. Yeah,
3: that's the one saving grace is luckily the division isn't all that tough this year. So as, as long as the Lions can't just completely fall apart. Right. They should be able to win the division. Um uh, I know we were all pretty excited but it's not like they were about to go 16 and 1 right. you know like like you said they're going to end up probably 3 4 losses they'll they'll probably lay another egg in the in the season maybe against the bears or you know something like that but,
2: but, but I do think it does shake down right now perfect schedule wise I mean it's a pretty pretty poor schedule the rest of the way mate. then they've got an extra day to prepare for that Monday night game it's going to be at home so it's going to be insanity at Ford Field, and then yep. they have that bye week to get healthy. So yep. it's not all bad.
3: Yep. Like I said, if, if they can beat the the Raiders on Monday night, yep, six and two going into the bye, I think if you would have asked us at the beginning of the season if we would take that, we would have all said, yeah, yep, we'll take that hundred <laughs> percent. I, I hope that. you
1: guys are right. I, I don't know. I I'm... hope so.
3: <sighs> yeah. I still think no, if they if, they if they lose, unit. then it's completely different. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I I I'll I'm just I'll just say this. I I really worry about the defensive unit. We'll just yep. leave it at that. Okay. I Hope you guys are right. I Hope it's just an anomaly. But I've been worried about them for two years now. So I, I'm just I don't know.
2: Well, be, well, before we no sign bad, off, but. before we sign off, have you been imp- pretty impressed with the defense until today? I mean, there I know we talked about the rush, but overall, the defense has played pretty good this year, haven't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, they have. I mean, they've been depleted by injury, which yeah. is, is – so I mean, we got to throw that out there. I mean, a lot of NFL teams are. But, yeah, they've looked better. Again, it's just – I don't know, man. I mean, if I don't think the Buccaneers are very good. They lost today. Uh, right. I mean, you kind of go back and look at these wins. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Kansas City, that's a great, great, great win. I know they were banged up too. But, I don't know, just a couple of the teams outside of Kansas City, the Seahawks and now the Ravens, the right. playoff teams they faced, I mean, they've been lit up. Yes. Absolutely lit up. Yeah. So not even like, oh, they, they put t- 31 on us. No, it's like complete lit up. Like, I mean, 35 and then the, the Ravens. I mean, if they wanted to, it felt like they could have put up 50 today.
3: So yeah. I, I don't know. They were they were doing any and everything they wanted to. And it was wide open
1: pretty guys. Pretty nice. yep. Yeah. That was all. It's like it was like almost like blown assignments. It wasn't just this team is better. It's like a fullback wide open, nobody within 30 yards. Of, I mean, what's going on out there?
3: Yeah. I texted well, some friends. I was like, this must be what it feels like to be a Spartans fan watching that game last night. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, boys, we've done it again. We made it through another podcast. Any final thoughts on anything before we sign this thing off?
3: No, just um, I'm excited to hear how these playoffs shake out. I got, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we laid it out a little bit, but a bunch of area teams – you know, and, and a number of them set up to make some make some noise.
1: Absolutely. So, I, yeah. I'll just tie it up. I mean, we I love getting opinions on the board. I threw mine out. I think Harbaugh going to have a year suspension. If you guys had to say, I know it's still very early in the investigation. If you had to predict. How do you see it kind of playing out?
3: If I had to predict, I don't think anything's going to come of it. I okay. think I hope yeah. I think they're, they're not going gonna... to really find anything. And it's just going to kind of go away.
2: Yeah, I hope you're right on that. I just – I don't know. Where there's smoke, sometime there's fire. But I don't think it'll be a full-year suspension. But I'm, I'm just concerned, or I'm just confused on what they would find on him. You said the laptop, Jared. So are you, th- you saying there'll be like an email from Jim telling him what to do? No, I
1: mean, like Matt said, it's like well, – what I don't know. Is it flights? Is it emails with his guys? Who, if he has other underlings going to these games, I mean, they're going to find – if, if it was going down, they're going to figure it out.
2: But right. does Harbaugh so, does he for sure take the take the the fall if one I of his? I mean, assistants? I'm pretty sure that from what I,
1: there's some rule. I don't know the exact, but it's basically it's like the head coach. If it's going on in your program, like okay. you're you, there's no you can't excuse yourself and say you had no idea. I got that.
3: Lack of institutional control, or something like that, that right, they always say, yeah, like might be. You're the, if you're the head coach, you have to know everything. I mean, we saw it right. with
1: like Pat Fitzgerald in, in right. Northwestern. I don't know. Yeah, if, I, I'm pretty sure he said he didn't know what he was going on, but it's like, oh, your program, you're yep. done.
2: Wow. Well, I hope that's not the case, but stay tuned. All yeah. right, fellas, let's uh, let's call it a podcast. This has been 286 of the Three Point Podcast presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Make sure you sign up for a membership. Get healthy and get in shape. And you can get more details at memorialhealthcare.org. Also, thank you to AZ Branding Solutions. By the way, guys, I'm going to be representing Three Point Podcast on uh, their podcast this week. They're going to have me come into the office and chat about uh, what we do. So I'll keep you posted on that. Nice. I'll I'll talk nice about Matt and we'll see about Jared.
3: (laughs) Ted's going to bring some receipts. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Also want to thank Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Thanks to Jeff Spott, the head football coach at Perry. He's got the Ramblers in the playoffs for the first time. And I uh, want to wish him the best of luck against Paloma, Westphalia. The Z92.5 Game of the Week coming up Friday night. I'm going to hazard a guess. It will probably be Corona, but if it's Chessonine or New Lothar for somebody else, uh, we will have the Corona game on the Three Point Podcast Facebook Live radio site as our backup.